Thank you for joining us this week as we interview Jerrica Lee, a project specialist at the World Economic Forum. In this episode, we will discuss how the World Economic Forum is uniting public and private sectors for global change. We will also hear about Jerrica's work with the Oceans Initiative, what got her started, and her hope that new technology can solve some of the world's most pressing and challenging problems. Jerrica, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Many people are familiar with the World Economic Forum's mandate to improve the state of the world and their annual Davos Summit. But for listeners who might be new to this organization, can you give a quick background on the forum today and their current projects? Sure. So the World Economic Forum was established in 1971 and is headquartered in Geneva. Um, the mission of the forum is, as you mentioned, to improve the state of the world. And they do this through public-private partnerships. And they are known as the International Institution for Public-Private Cooperation. So I work um, in the Environment Initiative. And uh, the World Economic Forum actually just opened a new center in San Francisco called the Center for the Fourth Industrial Revolution. And this center is focused on how we can utilize technology and all of the innovations in technology to serve public good. Um, so there are several different initiatives that are going to be focused in the center. Oceans is one of them, and others include blockchain, drones, artificial intelligence, and many other types of technologies that we can't even begin to wrap our minds around just yet. So can you describe a little bit more? I'm just really interested in hearing about this fourth industrial revolution and how the World Economic Forum is defining that. So the fourth industrial revolution is really refers to the rapid and transformative nature of technology and of data and technology and how that impacts society and business. So what that really means is that technology is going to be impacting every day, every aspect of our lives, even beyond what it does today. So what does that mean for society? And we're not really talking about folks having a cell phone in their hands, taking selfies all day. We're really talking about how does the innovation and in technology impact society at the merger of digital, physical, and biological systems. So that sounds pretty awesome. And the different verticals that you listed, robotics, all of those sound very San Franciscan, except for oceans, sure. which you know, you don't really hear much about in the tech community. So maybe you can describe a little bit about oceans since that's what you work on. So it's very easy to see how a lot of the other topics such as drones and blockchain technology fit into the fourth industrial revolution because mm -hmm. those sectors are really helping to drive the revolution. Mm -hmm. But how does oceans fit in? And oceans is part of the larger environment system. And it's a global challenge that requires a global solution. Fourth Industrial Revolution really presents the opportunity to unlock these cutting edge technologies to completely revolutionize our ability to understand the ocean and the wider environment system. So whether that's through drones using um, their technology to identify illegal fishing or mm -hmm. precision medicine to impact the health of our ocean of a species or coral 
Um, there are so many different ways that the environment, um, the technology can make an impact on the environment and vice versa. How can we make sure that all these technologies and the innovations that they're going through are positively impacting our environment? Are all the different sectors, are they also synergistically relying on one another in the same way that the oceans are relying on drones, yeah, and, drones and data? Yeah. yeah, there's definitely some overlap um, between some of the technologies, and we're going to see a lot of that coming out of the center. So Center for the Fourth Industrial Revolution just opened in March, and so the center is actually focused on uh, working with governments, the private industry, artists, experts to co-create co and pilot different projects to um, figure out how we can drive policies and governance of this high tech. So it's a pilot's model using government, like I said, and private industry to really create these different project areas to make an impact on their society. So there's definitely ways that projects can overlap with each other and can really merge um, in addition to the environment. So, you know, drones technology can deliver, you know, something that may be relevant for precision medicine. How does that impact our environment? So those are three separate areas that can definitely combine and leverage each other's learning to create an, a great pilot. So specifically about oceans, what are the problems that are facing the world's oceans today? Sure. So one of the first initiatives that we're working on is addressing illegal, unreported, and unregulated fishing, especially in the tuna, and just given its significance as an ecological, economic keystone species. So we had just developed a tuna traceability declaration, and it's a multi-stakeholder effort that fosters commitment um, to transparency and traceability in tuna fisheries. So we had over 50 companies, civil societies, and countries sign on to support this declaration, which was actually just launched at the United Nations, held a ocean summit just this past June. And so now that we have this established commitment, we're really working with our supporters to utilize the latest technology and data collection and management innovation to build a network of new monitoring and governance to figure out how we can impact the ocean further. So how does the World Economic Forum facilitate international relationships and collaboration on these worldwide problems? Sure. So the World Economic Forum is best known for its convening power and annual meeting in Davos. Uh, so we have um, relationships with countries all over the globe, with companies um, and other nonprofits all over the globe. And so we really foster these relationships by creating initiatives that bring all these different sectors together to work together, to have a conversation on how to drive a particular issue forward and really solve those problems in a equal and open way. So how did you first become interested in social impact work and how did that lead to your work with the World Economic Forum today? So I've always been interested in giving back. I grew up in Orlando, Florida and I grew up specifically in a community called Dr. Phillips. 
And um, my community is named after Dr. Philip Phillips. And he was a very successful businessman, citrus grower, um, and gave his entire fortune to this community. Um, everything that is in this community is impacted by the Dr. Phillips Foundation. Um, so I've always grown up benefiting from, um, you know, the charity and the um, philanthropic efforts of, um, you know, very successful folks um, in my community. So it is very natural for me to want to give back um, because I've been benefiting from that for so long. I've always been interested in solving some of society's greatest social problems through innovation and really just unlocking different ways to work across different sectors. So whether that's bridging the gap between governments and the private sector or finding innovative ways to finance a solution. The notion of combining altruism with pragmatism has always been a concept that I have been particularly interested in. So I have a background in economics and I really started my career working with governments to sort of figure out how they finance infrastructure and other types um, of public goods and how does that impact their ability to provide social services. And again, this notion of really bringing in the private sector to help support the deliverance of social services has been one that's very interesting to me. And one of the key learnings from my interaction with public-private sectors is in order to really make an impact, it's absolutely necessary to have an actions and outcomes-oriented agenda. And that sounds simple enough, but when, by the way, you process how you evaluate and really change the way that you do business, it really changes the entire structure of this particular um, initiative. And especially when you add technology into the picture and the complexity and real opportunity that technology provides, it could create a different way of working together, public and private partnership. So this is what I'm working on right now, is really determining how technology can maximize, how can, how can technology maximize the social, how can we maximize the benefits of technology for social good? And especially in the wake of what the World Economic Forum is calling the Fourth Industrial Revolution. Can you give us an example of a private company working with a public organization? And what do private companies have to gain from such partnerships? Why, why would they take it on? Absolutely. So there are many different examples of public-private partnerships within the forum and also external to the forum. So before I actually began my work with the World Economic Forum, I was with a company called Third Sector Capital Partners. And their mission is to bring together governments and high-performing nonprofits and the, pri the private industry to solve social problems. So the way that they do this is by a concept called pay-for-success consulting and social impact bonds. 
And these initiatives are a really, really great example of having a government, a private industry, and nonprofit all work together to solve some really important issues. A couple of the initiatives that come out of paper success consulting and uh, the overall uh, contracting mechanism, and especially here on the West Coast, include uh, city and county of Los Angeles. So Los Angeles um, actually worked with uh, service providers and nonprofits to help their homeless population mm -hmm. and to help get them off the streets, to help get them and keep them out of jail and provide them with the services that they needed, service providers in order to provide those services. And then they also needed some upfront financing. Mm -hmm. And this is a very common element of a lot of these public-private partnerships is in order to actually deliver services, how do you pay for that upfront? Mm -hmm. And adding on a layer of evaluation and really tracking of the outcomes was something that really drew me to this particular example. The county of uh, Los Angeles has a very, very stringent evaluation component to this particular contract. And private industry actually provided funds up front to pay for services and will be repaid by the government based on evaluation metrics. And so back to your question of why, why would a private industry sign up for this? Yeah. Private industry also has interests in the social aspects of um, a particular population. Okay, that it is a company that is based in Los Angeles or wherever, their employees live and work in that area. So it benefits that company to make sure that their employees are taken care of, whether that is providing funds to send their children to high-quality schools or you know, just having an overall impact and that's a positive impact in that society so that folks will actually want to you know, live there and be able to contribute to um, the agenda of that particular business. That's one of the reasons why businesses are definitely interested in social good. And there's a lot, there's a lot to benefit from it. So from your perspective, what are some of the most pressing issues facing the world right now that the World Economic Forum may or may not be working on? Sure. So it's... It's a huge question, and I think part of the reason why I decided to join the forum was to make an impact on the wider society. And I think we can do that through impacting um, the environment. The environment touches many different social areas. We live in a physical world, and no matter which social area or issue area that you maybe speaking about has a direct impact from the environment and the environment has a direct impact on that particular social area. So whether that's the oceans, climate, or uh, circular economy, it touches many different aspects. What are uh, some projects that you're personally really passionate about with respect to the environment? Sure. So I am particularly interested and excited to be part of this Oceans Initiative. Um, I was born and raised in Florida, so mm -hmm. ocean is very much part of my background and interests. 
So uh, to just be able to learn a little bit more about it um, and really make an impact via projects and getting folks together to have these conversations and really expose how the environment and the ocean can be impacted drastically by utilizing these technologies that a lot of folks don't feel is relevant to the ocean. So just having those conversations and really exposing to people the impact that they can have is something that I'm particularly passionate about. What is the governance of oceans? Like, this is just something I'm like personally curious about. Like, it's, it's a, it's a who's tough responsible one, yeah. for this stuff? Yeah, so it's a tough one. Um, so there's no actual oceans management organization. Basically, every country uh, has a particular governance mm -hmm. off their shores of the ocean. So that may be two mile range or even more, even less. But there is X percent of the ocean that is unregulated, that is lawless. And so that's where a lot of the illegal fishing happens. A lot of the, you know, just true illegal activity happens in those lawless waters. So part of the initiative that we're working on is not trying to, you know, create this ocean's governance body, but to get countries to work together to figure out how we can collectively manage, you know, these oceans and how can we track them. So how can we use technology like drones mm -hmm. to, you know, track where these vessels are coming and going. It creates you know, a little bit more transparency there and creates an opportunity to act um, and to stop that activity. So I guess the World Economic Forum can play this role of providing more transparent and accountable data about the oceans. And I'm sure some countries have specific reasons for why they care about it. Like I can imagine Japan, for example, is really concerned about overfishing and how like their fish supply has like changed over the course of the last few decades. So maybe they would have some kind of legislation to address vessels that end up you know, docking in Japan. Exactly. Like and it's Japan, it's also small island nations. Mm -hmm. um, so how can we get these smaller uh, countries to you know, band together or how can we help support them um, in their you know, fishing activities to make sure that you know they're not being exploited and you know make sure that we create a system where it is all inclusive so that it also includes like I mentioned these small island nations in addition to the larger nations like Australia and Japan and Sweden. Can you describe some of the private companies that you work with maybe not by name but by industry that overlap with oceans? Sure. So as I mentioned, the we're working with several, we're thinking about working with several Jones companies to help the actual traceability of fishing, illegal fishing. We're also working with satellite companies. Hmm. Companies, so how can we maybe place a sensor and have that sensor be tracked by a satellite in order to help with the transparency and traceability of not only tuna, but other very important species. So when designing these projects, do you look for examples of private companies and then you do a small project on a certain segment of the ocean for like one particular country and then you hope to adapt that to other countries or spread that work? Is, is that kind of how you're 
designing these projects? Sure. So the first initiative that we worked on, as I mentioned, was the Tuna Traceability Declaration. So that was really a call to action, a global call to action. So making sure that we have a good representation from companies, countries, and civil society organizations that this is an issue and that they are willing and able to act. So the San Francisco Center is based, their model is based on smaller, launching smaller pilot projects and the development of a specific oceans pilot project is one that we are still determining how we'd like to, to create. And my belief is that, as you mentioned, creating a smaller area to track and to help trace, um, whether that's tuna or other species, and really create that transparency element as and show that as a model to other countries is going to be very important. So if we are testing out a particular type of technology, we don't want to roll that out too soon. So it sounds like you're trying to do innovative pilots that using technology that hasn't ever been done before and show like a proof of concept that mm-hmm. it does work and it is actually helping us solve a problem and then trying to get that to be more widespread. We are definitely focused on having a successful pilot and scaling that up, but we're mm-hmm. also cognizant that one particular you know, pilot may not work in other areas. Right. So we, we definitely you know, want to make sure that we are doing the right thing in the right places. So that's also part of our work. In 10 years, if you could see at least one thing change fundamentally, what would that be? Well, I would like to see public-private partnerships be a more widely used tool. I think a lot of the problems that we are facing in the world, in every issue area, could be impacted by the use of these public-private collaborations. A lot of the issues that we're finding in this world are global challenges, and they're not one that one particular stakeholder could or should solve. And I think it is going to be increasingly important to involve all actors in solving these particular problems. So in 10 years, I hope that public-private partnerships are a common you know, type of model to solve problems, and uh, governments are readily willing you know, able to work with, you know, other nonprofits and private industry, and that it's a very common thing. So what are your future plans? Sure. So I am so enjoying my time working in the international field, and I hope to continue that for a little while. I'd also like to go back to school. I am considering expanding my education to also include more environment initiatives, but definitely see graduate school in my future, continuing to work in an international organization. Where can people go to learn more about the World Economic Forum and how can they get involved? So you can visit our website for more information. The really great thing about the World Economic Forum is they also have external communities that folks can get involved in. 
One of the communities is called the Global Shapers, which runs on a hub model. And uh, the Global Shapers community really brings together innovative, driven young folks to make a change in the world and also specifically in their community. There are hundreds of hubs and thousands of Global Shapers around the world. And getting involved in one of the hubs or uh, one of the Global Shapers events is a great way to continue following the World Economic Forum and potentially be involved in a wider initiative. If I were to get involved with one of these different hubs, what would my experience be like and what kind of projects would I be able to work on? So the exciting part about Global Shapers and being involved in one of the hubs is that you really get to define your involvement and which projects you'd like to work on. So I'm specifically involved in the San Francisco hub and we have the ability to create and lead our own projects. So if you wanted to work on something specifically in homelessness, you're able to do so. You have a hub of you know other folks that are like-minded, they're also civic-minded, interested in getting involved that you can work with and create a co-project, or you can get involved in an existing initiative. So there's a lot of opportunity to make real hands-on, on-the-ground effort to solve some social problems. Do you have any advice for uh, fresh college grads, say like yourself, like econ grads, who don't know how to get into the nonprofit sector? I would absolutely recommend getting involved in nonprofits that are possibly outside of your organization. Um, so in addition to working a day job as a consultant, I joined an organization called Seed Consulting Group. And they are a pro bono consulting firm that works with local nonprofits that are specifically in the public health and environment sector. So that was a really great opportunity to use my skills, and you know, really give back to society. Get involved in some local interesting projects. So if you can't specifically work for a nonprofit um, for whatever reason, there are many, many opportunities to be involved outside of work. Well, thank you very much for taking the time out of your day to tell us about the World Economic Forum and your really fascinating work. Thank you. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in this week. If you enjoyed that episode with Jerrica, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud or both. We really appreciate your support. You can also find a number of links and resources in our show notes about this week's episode and how you can get involved with the World Economic Forum. Thanks again, and be sure to tune in with us for the next episode.